0: What's up, girls, guys, gays, and these? I'm Beth. And I'm TJ. Grab your bottle of wine and put your lawyer on speed dial. Welcome to Nightmare on Girls' Night. <laughs> Sunday Scaries Edition. Oh, I never remember to
1: do that. <laughs> That's your job now.
0: <laughs> I, like, wait. I know, and no, I, no, no, I never like, do it. She's not gonna I say it. Do it. I did. That's okay.
1: It's we okay. can alternate. One of these days, I'll remember and I'll really come through with a good one.
0: We're Sunday scaries, and this week we're doing cults.
1: <laughs> I oh, I felt like I was having a stroke. I literally was looking at you while my brain was like, "What is the fucking topic?" <laughs> that was wild. I'm okay. Do right? I need to call I'm gonna raise one my hand. hands and smile. Do
0: you? What? Do you smell toast? No. Stick out your tongue oh god okay i was like she can't stick out her tongue we <laughs> no, have there's to stop a lot recording of on there i think Gross. that's a thing you're supposed to like try and stick out your tongue and if you can't you're having a stroke you're supposed to raise
1: both hands and smile because the left side of your body won't respond, respond? but your right side will oh. so that's why you're always supposed to go okay well you look I'm gonna be like
0: hey you look great perfect <laughs> i don't think you're having a stroke
1: okay You know how I told you that one time, well I told on the podcast too, that I almost died because I was walking Charlie at 5.30am and a guy rolled up in a van? Yes. I was walking Charlie at 5.30am last week and I got my headphones in and Charlie's in front of me and all of a sudden Charlie stops and looks behind me and starts barking and I'm like, fuck me. This guy rolls up on a bike, stops, gets off and is like, oh, I was really late last night. And I was like, sorry? And he's like, do you want to go now? And I was what? like, what? And so I like look at him confused and he's like, Helen? And I was like, no. And he's like, I'm sorry. And he just gets back on his bike and rides away. Helen? <laughs> yeah. I literally was like, what is fucking happening? Did yeah. you feel
0: like you stepped into like another dimension? Yes. Because he... he
1: literally, it it went too long yeah. for him that like... He asked me too many questions and stood there staring into my eyeballs for too long for it to just be like an, oh my god, I thought you were someone else. Like, he asked me two sets of questions while staring in my eyeballs before I had to be like, no. What the actual? <laughs> it was so fucking weird. I was like, there's some shit happening. I didn't have bear spray that time either. But, oh. But yeah. I'm
0: going to buy you bear spray. I know I have
1: some. I'm just not going to it expired? It. Probably. Oh. I'm yeah. going to throw it at the guy at least. Something.
0: Yeah. A weapon of some sort. Yeah. Um, Um, yeah, I realized in the last episode, we didn't say our, um, Instagram and stuff. So I thought we Mm. could plug that. Okay. Nightmare on girls night on our Instagram nightmare on girls night at gmail.com. Yep. If you want to submit a story, Mm. how uh, am I alive alive? or a Sunday scaries or a fun fact honestly anything we'll take whatever please talk to us reviews we love you review us review us
1: if you're H- gonna give us fast ass yeah but
0: i don't want anything less
1: <laughs> exactly we don't want <laughs> you bullshit <laughs> okay so the reason i was late getting here and just the cherry on top of my day was oh, because no. charlie's ass exploded <gasps> that's my dog all over my spare bedroom i Give you a live viewing of this so I can get your reaction. We also have
0: to post it on um, our Instagram. We might not want to.
1: (gasps) It keeps going.
0: my He starts on one side of the bed
1: and goes all the way around.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, were you gagging? Like, I actually feel like I'm going to gag. The
1: whole house. I I had to put on a mask because I couldn't
0: breathe. It was... Horrible! I don't know what happened. So that's that's how my days going. Holy shit! Yeah, that, that. is some serious diarrhea.
1: <laughs> the that. listeners
0: are like, "This is gross." I'm yeah, stunted. sorry.
1: Yeah, so I've been steam cleaning, and I walked in here, and when you hugged me, I was like, "I wonder if
0: I smell that. I didn't smell anything. Okay, thank you, I didn't baby smell Jesus. Anything on you?
1: Oh, I watched *Barbarian*. Oh my god! Yeah, that's what it was called, *Barbarian*.
0: Okay. Uh, two
1: things. I felt like, um, it, the, like, scary part of it wasn't long enough. Yeah. Like, I felt like it just, like, it was so quick, and I was like, the plot line was actually, like, decently good, but I feel like they could have had more of them down there, and then, like, extended it out a bit, but they, like, captured them, and then all of a sudden they were, like, released. Yeah.
0: It's, like, more, um, unnerving. Yes. Than it's it like is a Than it is scary, but still so disgusting. It was. Like, I thought when watching it, because I didn't know anything about the movie when I was going into it, I thought it was going to be like some sort of like, somebody's going to come into the Airbnb and like kill them or the guy was going to kill her or something. And then it totally flipped and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yes.
1: And I thought it was going to be more like, um, like underground culty. Like when I think barbarian, I think of like you know, kind of along the lines of them, like these people that live in the underground that never yeah. see, but I thought it would have been more like that.
0: It was just odd.
1: Yeah. Some fucked up weird shit. What
0: would you give it out of five?
1: I would give it like a six.
0: Cause I didn't A absolutely... six out of five? <laughs> we're having trouble what would you give it out of So five
1: ratios if i was giving it a six out of ten that would be approximately a three out of five yeah okay there
0: we go <laughs> i don't know i didn't hear anything you said oh my god uh, Okay. well you said cults so that's a good segue into our we're doing cults, cults talk today mm. today 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 which are you do you want to go first or do you want me to go first before we get into it yes. I want to talk about. There's this book that I just read called mm-hmm. Cultish by Ooh. Amanda Motel. I okay. hope I'm saying that right. Um, she talks about cults and the language surrounding cults okay. and how language is so powerful in the way that cults are run. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the categories that she uses for okay. different cults. Ooh, so, this will be interesting. She the first one she talks about air suicide cults so mm. like the most dangerous of all cults um, this would include the mass suicides, like the Jonestown, right. where nine hundred mm. followers drank the Kool Aid, and that was in like 1978. Yes, and I didn't know that. That's where that saying from comes from. Like, drink the Kool Aid. I didn't know that either. people drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, interesting. Um, the second is controversial religions, okay, where the religion becomes the person's entire identity, mm-hmm. and like that's like Scientology and the one I'm going to talk about today. Ooh, mine kind of ties into that. Into religion. Yep. Um, The third one is one that, like, I love talking about Mm -hmm. multi-level marketing.
1: Oh God. Or pyramid schemes. Mm -hmm.
0: I've gotten down such a rabbit hole on like TikTok about MLMs. Oh, they're so fucked up. Um, and then fitness groups. She Mm -hmm. also talks about. And I think that that one can be like a little blurry depending on what you're talking about. But again, the way that she talks about language and how. You know, people can get so addicted to this certain lifestyle yes. and, like, mindset and you have to be going and, like... Oh, we know some to... people like Oh, oh my yeah. God. And then, lastly, she talks about social media. Ooh. So, yeah. how apps choose language, like, followers mm-hmm. instead of, like, friends Ooh, or I connections. Oh, I didn't think about that. And then, how people use ex- exploitive, like, mar- marketing strategies yeah. to bring you to buy things and how the algorithm is so in tune with what you like and the language that people use to get you to come back. It's actually freaky though. It's crazy. This book, it was so good. I want to read it. I have it. You can borrow it. Um, I definitely like when I was reading it, I was like, Oh, I've fallen into the TikTok cult. TikTok cult. cult. That was really hard for (laughs) me to say. And then yeah. like twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen, I yeah. was in the like fitness Instagrammer oh, yeah, cult. Yeah. yeah. Like it's The
1: algorithm knew what you needed yeah. or didn't need. And I was, was like, I need to anyways. make
0: an Instagram. I need to be a right? fitness influencer. I need to be part of Gymshark. Like oh, I was totally gross. fell into it.
1: I'm sorry. And I'm saying gross, like because whatever. Like there's people that are into fitness and have a healthy relationship with it. Yeah. But I can't watch those stupid fucking Instagrammers or TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but Instagrammers that are like, you want to get fit? Like, here's my before and after. Reach DM me if you want the inside scoop. It's like, fuck off. It
0: usually leads to a pyramid scheme. And they're usually filtered. Let me give you Herbalife. Oh, we're going to get sued. (laughs) Herbalife.
1: Gross. (laughs) Or like, did you ever do those, like, I almost said Botox teas. I'm not well today. (laughs) detox teas give me the botox tea i'll fucking take that you imagine but the detox teas like that was a huge thing oh my god like out of high school yes yeah so unhealthy yeah they just make you shit yourself yeah
0: anyways i'll leave the link for that book down in the description because there's lots more that she talks about it's just so fascinating it is yeah i love it yeah okay do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i just talked a lot uh
1: i can go mine's quite long but bear with me okay Okay, so mine is uh, I was going to do the Canadian one. I reached out and I was like, I yeah. Know, yeah. and then I realized the Canadian one was actually fake. It was a movie.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> so I didn't do it. I would have died if you did it and it was the movie and then somebody was like that that's actually wasn't movie. real. I would have died. I was
1: like that's embarrassing. Nah. Going to move along. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So the one I'm doing has a few names. Because there's a cult leader and he follows like kind of two religions, but I don't, they don't call the cult by the religion because he kind of took the religion and rolled with it and and then justified what he was doing with that. But I don't want to, it's not the religion. Okay. So. Wait, can we talk about how it's always a guy? I know. Right? It's always a male leader. Yeah. And they're always nasty.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So this one goes by a couple. It's. It was known as the narco-satanists by the media, or it's sometimes known as Matamoros Human Sacrifice, Ooh. or the Palo Mayombe Killings. Oh my god. So, let's get into who the leader was, and then we'll go from there. So, okay. the leader, or he was known as the Godfather, or in Spanish, El Padrino. His name was Adolfo de Jesus Constanzo. Okay. It's really fucking long. Yeah. Yeah. Constanza was born on November 1st, 1962 in Miami. I don't know why I said it like Miami. Miami.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido, Miami. I need help. (laughs) Okay. His mother
1: was Delia Gonzalez, a 15-year-old Cuban immigrant who went on to have two additional children, but each with different fathers. Her husband, Constanzo's biological father, passed away when he was just an infant. Afterwards, she moved with her family to San Juan, Puerto Rico, where she remarried. Although Constanzo, in compliance with his stepfather's wishes, was baptized as a Catholic and briefly served as an altar boy he would come with his mother on her trips to Haiti, where he learned about voodoo and practiced it secretly with his mother. So from a very young age, he was kind of introduced to these different religions that tie into, like, voodoo and, like, animal sacrifices and things like that. I feel like that's not something you should be showing a child. No! Yeah. No. Constanzo's family moved back to Miami in 1972. His stepfather, unfortunately, died of cancer the following year, and at the age of 10, Constanzo became an apprentice under a priest in the Little Havana who practiced Palo Mayombe, which is what we'll talk about in a bit. Palo Mayombe, or Palo Mayombe, um... Is a religion. Okay. Around this time, his mother remarried for the second time, but this time to a man involved in the drug trade and voodoo religions. Starting an apprenticeship with a Haitian priest, Constanzo spent his teen years cruising gay clubs and committing petty crimes like vandalism and theft. So I think they put that in there because he was gay and he had a couple partners um, throughout his time in the cult. Okay. Around the age of 18, he supposedly predicted that there would be an unsuccessful attempt on the life of President Ronald Reagan, which did indeed happen shortly afterwards. After graduating from high school with poor grades, he spent one semester at a junior college before leaving. So that's kind of his background as like a a youth and then a teen and then kind of leading into college. So he like dabbled in these like different religions and then was like kind of okay for a bit and then like went to college and then got fucked up again. Mm. In 1983, he pledged himself to, and I'm going to say this wrong, but Cady Mpembe, the Palo Mayombe equivalent of the devil. And he moved to Mexico City where he started his cult cartel and met and recruited Martin Quintana Rodri- Rodriguez, Omar Oria Ochoa. That's and the whole Jorge name. Jorge Montez. Those are three people. Okay. <laughs> so, Martin, Omar, and Jorge. Okay. That's when he met them and started his cult. He also began a sexual relation with both Quintana and Ochoa, two of the guys. Okay. The group started selling his fortune telling and ritual cleansing services to the community. They often dealt with gangsters and drug dealers, as well as high ranking corrupt law enforcement officials. Mm. Fucked up. On their behalf, they performed rituals and animal sacrifices said to give their clients good luck, using both locally available animals like goats and chickens, as well as exotic ones like zebras and lion cubs.
0: Oh no. I know, I hate
1: it. At the peak of the cult's career, Constanzo had w- over 30 well-paying clients. He had purchased a $60,000 condominium in Mexico City and several luxury cars and had recruited at least four more members of the federal judicial police. Oh
0: my God. He's and, just
1: balling oh, out. And like when you have those corrupt law enforcement officials,
0: oh, he can go get away with anything.
1: Yeah. In 1985, they apparently escalated to using human remains in the rituals, obtaining them by raiding a local graveyard. Ugh. Yeah. In 1986, Constanzo was introduced to members of the Calzada crime family and started selling them his services as a fortune teller at a great profit. The following year, Constanzo demanded a full partnership with them. When they turned him down, though... His cult kidnapped, tortured, and killed seven members of the Calzada's family.
0: Because they, they said no? Yes.
1: What? The bodies were found with several body parts removed, including fingers, toes, brains, and in one case, the spine. Ew. Shortly afterwards, he recruited another member, Sarah Aldrete, whom he nicknamed La Madrina, which is Spanish for the godmother. So he was known as the godfather, she was known as the godmother. And she was appointed as high priestess of the cult. In 1988, Constanzo moved to Rancho Santa Elena, a compound in the Mexican desert. He also used to store a large amount of drugs. This was when Constanzo became more focused on human sacrifices, killing several people for use in his rituals. But because most of them were prostitutes, homeless, or drug dealers, the disappearances went well under the radar. Mm. Until March 11th of
0: 1989. The goddess, was
1: she willingly... Mm. So we get into that a bit in the end because all witnesses point to yes, but a lot of people aren't convinced and she says no. So there's conflicting opinions. It was spring break in the early hours of Saturday, March 11th, 1989, when Mark Kilroy, a senior at the University of Texas in Austin, his friends Bill Huddleston and Bradley Moore and Brent Martin all packed into Martin's car and hit the road heading for South Padre Island, a stretch of sand and sea where the southern tip of the state meets the Gulf of Mexico. The group were all former high school basketball and baseball teammates from Santa Fe, and they were looking forward to a week of drinking, sunning, and meeting the girl, meeting girls on the beach. Mark, who was 21 at the time, was an athlete, the all-American boy next door, and described by one of his friends as an above-average kind of guy.
0: Above-average kind of guy.
1: Literally, that's a quote. <laughs>
0: Please don't say that about no, me. you're I... above
1: average. Oh. Only like slightly though. Okay. Just kidding. In my <laughs> eyes, you're way better. On Sunday, the four guys decided to make a short trip to Matamoros and spent the night bouncing between bars and hanging with friends before heading back to their hotel. On Monday night, after dropping in at a party thrown by some of Mark's fraternity brothers, he and his friends decided decided to pay a second visit to Matamoros. This time, though, they parked their car on the American side of the border and then walked across the bridge to cali Obregón, which was in Mexico. Mm -hmm. The first stop was El Sombrero, a bar where they had a couple of drinks before moving a few blocks farther down the street to another bar that had recently been named the Hard Rock in order to attract American kids Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. At the end of the night, the four guys started walking back toward the bridge to cross back over the border. Spirits were high and everyone was in a great mood. About 200 feet from the American border, Bill ran ahead to pee behind a tree in the small park that lies at the beginning of Cali Aubergine. As he left Mark's side, Bill noticed a Mexican man motioning in their direction. He noted he thought it might have been someone Mark knew because he heard him say something like, didn't I just see you somewhere or where did I last see you? Mm -hmm. When Bill joined back with Bradley and Brent a few moments later, Mark wasn't with them. After backtracking to look for him, Bill crossed the border expecting to find Mark at the car with Bradley and Brent. The trio waited a few more minutes, then left, thinking that Mark had gotten a ride back to the hotel with somebody else. What? Yeah. However, the next morning when they woke up and Mark still wasn't back, they knew something was wrong. So, yeah. Fucking sketchy and weird and also, like, why'd you leave your friend behind? Yeah. All I can imagine is they were wasted Mm -hmm. and, like... Like, weren't thinking straight. That's all I can assume. Yeah
0: trying, yeah, trying to justify... Leaving
1: and... Yeah. Yeah. So, the search for Mark Kilroy started as a routine missing person's case. Students were often reported missing in Matamoros, only to turn up the next day with a nasty hangover and no memory of the night before. But it soon became clear that Mark's case was very different. Authorities on both sides of the Rio Grande suspected foul play, but the police were short on leads. Donald Wells, the U.S. consul in Matamoros, was contacted, and a description of Mark was circulated in jails and hospitals. Two days later, investigators called in a hypnotist in the hope of turning up some clues. Under hypnosis, Bradley told police that he had last seen Mark talking to a young Hispanic man with a cut on his face. Meanwhile, Mark's parents, James and Helen, flew to Brownsville to lead the search. Over the next few weeks, the Kilroys mounted a determined campaign to locate their son. They circulated 20,000 flyers throughout the Rio Grande Valley, offering a 15,000 reward for any information concerning his whereabouts. They also met with representatives of several Texas officials to try to get movement on the case. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, March twenty-six, Mark Killer's case was featured on the television crime program, America's Most Wanted. The show generated an outpouring of mail and telephone calls, but no useful clues. And a few days later, the Kilroys returned to their home in Santa Fe, but vowed not to give up their search. A break in the case eventually did come. A few days before the Kilroys flew home, the United States and Mexico announced the implementation of a massive drug interdiction program along the border, so they would, like, set up a road stop, essentially. Yeah. The drug operation included 1,200 agents, a dozen helicopters, and 30 airplanes, and it was described by one official as possibly the largest of its kind. Wow. That sounds huge. It, yeah. In early April, some three weeks after Mark had vanished from the streets of Matamoros, Elio Hernandez Rivera, 22, a resident of Matamoros, was arrested for running from a routine police roadblock and possessing marijuana. Like, why would you run? Yeah. Under questioning, Hernandez identified several drug dealers and revealed that his family owned a small ranch in the hinterlands about 20 miles west of Matamoros. On April 11th, Hernandez was taken in handcuffs to the ranch. The area had long been known by police as a favored staging area for a ring of drug smugglers. So it was no surprise when the group, led by the Mexican Federal Police, found 75 pounds of marijuana on the property. Wow. But the Federales were unprepared for what happened next. In what had become a routine procedure, they showed a photograph of Mark to the ranch caretaker and asked if he had seen the missing American. The caretaker had told them that yes, Mark had been there and he pointed to a corral and a tin and a tar paper shack on a slight rise about 400 yards away. As they approached the corral, they were engulfed by the sickening stench of decaying flesh. Buried in several shallow graves in the immediate area were the remains of 12 males, including the mutilated body of Mark Kilroy. Oh
0: my god.
1: Some of the victims had been slashed with knives, others shot. At least one had been burned, another hanged. Many had been savagely disfigured, their hearts ripped out, their ears, eyes, and testicles removed. One had even been decapitated. Eventually, three more bodies would be found in the area, bringing the count of corpses to 15.
0: Holy cow! Like... That's so many men! Fucked up, too. Oh, like, could you imagine so finding brutal.
1: that? Inside the windowless shack, the Federalists were confronted with another ghastly sight. On the blood-smeared floor, amid a battery of still-glowing candles, stood an iron kettle filled with iron and wooden spikes, a charred human brain, and a roasted turtle. (gasps) Oh my god! No. Other urns contained a grisly stew of congealed blood, human hair, and animal parts. Scattered about the room were coconut shells, cigars, and cane liqueur an iron bed frame, heavy electrician's tape, a blood-caked machete, and a hammer. Police also discovered a large oil drum that seemed to have been used to boil some of the victims. Are you sure this one isn't a movie? No, this one's dead-ass real. Oh
0: my god. I know.
1: One witness described the scene as a... Now you're making me question that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It just sounds like... Like, I can picture it so well. I know. And it just sounds like something out of a movie.
1: One witness described the scene as a human slaughterhouse. One of the first Americans to arrive at the site was Lieutenant George Gavito of the Cameron County Sheriff's Department, whose jurisdiction includes Brownsville. Uh, Gavito was quoted saying, I've been on the force 15 years and there are no words to describe what I saw there. Mm hmm. The police also found it difficult to believe their ears. According to testimony by Hernandez and four other cult members, the victims had been ritually slain in the belief that human sacrifices would make the gang invincible and protect their drug business from the police. Wow. Two of the cultists were rumored to have been wearing necklaces made from the human vertebrae when they were arrested. Wow. They said that their rights made them invisible and impervious to bullets. At one point, a member of the cult pulled back his shirt to show a series of marks on his arms and, the, and back. The symbols, he explained, marked him as a killer. But when the suspects were act, asked who murdered Mark, they answered El Padrino, the godfather. Mm-hmm. Based on their testimony, warrants were issued for the rest of five more members of the cult, including Adolfo Constanza, who is 26. He was the mastermind and religious leader of the group, and Sarah Aldred, who was 24 year old at the time, was the godmother. They're so young. So young. So the suspects showed no signs of remorse during their conf- confessions. They said that Mark was kidnapped after Constanzo ordered the sacrifice of an Anglo student. Mark, they told police, had almost escaped. But he had been wrestled back into the car and taken out to the oh, ranch. No. After being bound and gagged with heavy tape, Mark had been imprisoned in the shack. He was told that nothing would happen to him and he was fed a meal of eggs, bread, and water. Like, that's just oh, so fucking horrible. That's so sad. Horrible. Twelve hours after he had been captured, Mark was led outside and Constanzo executed him with a chop to the back of the neck with a oh. machete. When the police found Mark's body in one of the graves at the ranch, his legs had been severed at the knee and his brain and spine had been removed.
0: What a terrible, terrible oh, way to it's, die. How scared, like, oh. you would have been.
1: Well, and it's so psychologically fucked up yeah. to tell someone you're going to be fine. We're just like, we're mm-hmm. going to let you go.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. It's terrible.
1: Several times during their interrogation the suspects made references to the 1987 horror film The Believers, mm. a film about a cult in New York City that conducts human sacrifices to gain money and power. I, I didn't
0: Have you seen that? No. Did the, you?
1: What's it called? The Believers.
0: No, but I'm going to going to add it to our list. Yeah.
1: Um, many of the cult members said that Sarah Aldrite had organized screenings of the movie and that they had watched it many times. Mm. A search of Sarah's bedroom in her parents' house in Matamoros turned up a makeshift altar of black candles, beaded necklaces, and cigars near a blood spattered wall. Ugh. Experts identified the objects found in the killing shack and in Aldrite's room as paraphernalia of Santeria an underground Caribbean religion in which African gods are identified with Roman Catholic saints, and then Palo Mayombe, a darker mix of voodoo and African gods with origins in the Congo and is normally practiced with extreme secrecy. Wow. While both Santeria and Palo Mayombe can include offerings of animal sacrifice and exhumed human bones, Neither religion, as commonly practiced, involves the killing of humans. Okay, so that came from their own twist exactly. On things. Exactly. Yes, and so that's why I didn't really want to ha- like associate those religions with this. Yeah. Because I don't think that's actually what's practiced. I just and, think they took it and fucking ran with
0: and it. And I think that's the way it is with a lot yes. of people that have religion within their cults, or they take one specific yes. thing or certain things of a religion, and they go, like, they yeah. run with it. They cherry They, radi- pick. they radicalize yeah. a couple things from a religion, or multiple religions, yep. and they just absolutely take it to somewhere that nobody else would. Ex- and that's not the point of the religion.
1: No. Yeah. Um... So, Philip Carlo, a New York writer and expert on the occult, is certain that Constanzo was dedicated to a specific spirit of the Palo Mayombe cult known as Ogun, the patron of God, or patron of God, of criminals and criminal activity. According to the New York writer, the presiding priest, or Mayombero, becomes possessed by the spirits and blows cigar smoke and spits liquor at his victim before killing him. Constanzo had all of Ogun's implements, a horseshoe, a chain, railroad spikes, things of metal... It's noted that Constanzo traveled to Haiti about 14 or 15 months prior to the murder. murderers. People who make human sacrifices are practicing with negative energy. The New York um, writer quoted um, saying that he was a sadistic psychopath and a very dangerous individual. Like, no fucking shit. Yes. Uh, now, a bit more about Sarah. She was 24-year-old and she was from Texas... Sorry, she lived in Matamoros, but she was a student at Texas Southmost College in Brownsville. Mm -hmm. So this is where it's weird. Is like every day until her sudden sudden disappearance, she crossed the bridge from Mexico to attend Texas Southmost College, um, where both Spanish and English can be heard in the halls. And many of the professors are bilingual. Mm -hmm. She fit in and she excelled at her academics. She was attractive and just under six feet tall. Wow! Um, and in every way, was a model student, bright, gregarious, and hardworking. She it stated she was friendly and unfailingly polite. One of her teachers um, said that she even performed clerical chores for the athletic department, and she uh, found time to shine in extracurricular activities. In 1988, she was also the president of the Soccer Booster Club and was named Outstanding in Physical Education and listed as one of the top physical education students. Wow. The same year, Aldrete's picture appeared in four different places in the school yearbook and she was a recipient of the National Collegiate Physical Health Physical Award. She's like picture like, perfect yes. human being. So the day after the graves were discovered at the ranch, she did not show up at school. She called and basically told them she wasn't coming anymore and that she wor- had to work out some personal problems. When the news reports identified her as a cult witch, mm-hmm. the reaction among students and faculty members was one of complete shock. They said it seemed impossible that this bright, industrious girl they knew could be involved in something so evil. And to this day, there are many people at the school who think that she is innocent or, at the worst, an unfortunate victim of circumstance.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't really know what to say to that.
0: Yeah. Uh- Honestly, I think that when you're in a cult like that, you are definitely being brainwashed. 100% being brainwashed. But the fact that she was allowed to leave and come back, I wonder if there was a threat of if you don't come back, something bad will happen to you. I guess we don't know. Did she never, like, ever make a statement or anything? Not really so, like,
1: yeah, not really Okay. It it just talks mostly about how like, like so th- this is where it kind of gets wishy-washy though. They said that there was rounds of a story being told that Sarah persuaded three male friends to watch The Believers and after the film she stood up and began to preach in strange tones about the occult. Hmm. They had been drinking and they thought maybe she was just trying to be spooky but they look back at it now and think that she was serious. Hmm. So I definitely think she was involved. I just, I don't, like, yes, I think she was brainwashed, as all cult members are, but I think she had a lot more freedom to escape than, than hmm. she claims. Right. I don't know. Beyond the campus, graphic media reports of the killings drew attention to Satanism and the occult. Town meetings and university seminars on voodoo and witchcraft drew overflow crowds and attended, attendance at churches swelled. A false rumor that Satanists were planning to kidnap children in retaliation for the Matamoros bust. Caused hundreds of nervous Texans to pull their kids out of school. So, like, everyone oh, was just fucking Satanic. wreaking havoc. Yeah. In Mexico, meanwhile, the search for Constanzo and Sarah took on the dimensions of a holy war. At stake was not only the reputation of the Mexican federal police, but also a superstitious people's faith in the ability of good to vanquish evil. Mm. A fortnight after the last bodies were exhumed from the killing grounds, the Federales burned the death shack to the ground and laid a wooden cross on the ashes. While the Mexicans offered no official explanation for their action, they did have a supernatural motive. One of the lieutenants was in charge of the Matamoros investigation, was quoted saying, They knew that the shack meant a lot to Constanzo, and they felt that by burning it down, they would hit him where it hurts. Mm. Two witnesses confirmed that the destruction of the shack was accompanied by a purification rite performed by a healer. The healer was going through hand motions, gesturing, and then would close his eyes and make the sign of the cross later when the shack was burning they threw bags of white powder questionable (laughs) on the flames this was done to drive away the evil spirits
0: cocaine
1: i know that was like Mm. what what white powder sure getting rid of evidence
0: would yeah question mark
1: two weeks after the burning of the shrine the police surrounded a rust colored apartment building on a quiet residential street in mexico city Inside, the black magic priest realized that the end was near. In a final desperate act of defense, Constanzo began throwing wads of money out the window and firing his gun at a passerby. One of the cult members, who was 22 at the time, described him as going absolutely crazy. Constanzo's ability to bend weaker minds to his will was a talent that served him right up to the moment of his death. Mm. As the cops closed in, Constanzo ordered Alvaro, which was the 22-year-old, to shoot him and his long-term partner, Martin. He was pressuring Alvera to shoot him, stating that he wanted to die with Martin and saying that he, didn't want, he if he didn't, he would suffer grave consequences in hell. <laughs> when the Federales burst into the apartment a few moments later, they found black candles, two swords, a skull made of white wax, and a blindfolded doll holding another doll. Constanzo and Martin were found slumped together in a small closet, their body and faces riddled with bullets.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Alvaro, Sarah, and three other members of the cult were arrested on charges of homicide, criminal association, wounding a police agent, and damage to property. Sarah denied that she had participated in the ritual slayings and said that she had only learned about them from televised news reports. Mm. Sarah, oh, so she does have a quote. She was quoted saying, It was like hell. They treated me like a prisoner. It was hell. But police remain convinced that Sarah was a willing member of the group and that she lured at least one of the victims, whose name is Gilberto Sosa, to his death. While Constanzo's death marks the close close of a hideous case, the effects of his dark doings continue on. The disconcerting notion persists that some of Constanzo's cult followers may still be at large and that there may be others like him waiting to take his place.
0: Mm. Sources
1: close to the investigation have hinted that the cult's ties extended far beyond Matamoros and into the highest echelons of Mexican society. Wow. So, the one of the news reports reported that Constanzo used his good looks and claims of clairvoyance to charm Mexico's elite and attract drug traffickers and cultists willing to do anything for him. His clients were top-ranking police and government officials, as well as popular celebrities. Reportedly, they paid as much as 8000 a session for his predictions and ritual cleansings. Wow. One thing I wanted to note in here too is uh, it says the ghost of Adolfo would not be so easily put to rest though. Two days after the shootout in Mexico City there came a finer, biz- final bizarre twist in the case. On May 9th the New York Times ran an item that raised the possibility that Constanzo's death might have been faked and that he still might be at large. The resident agent in charge for the United States Drug Enforcement was quoted as saying that the faces of Constanzo and Martin had been so badly mutilated by the bullets that positive identification was impossible. The final verdict would have to wait until fingerprints and dental charts could prove whether or not the story of Constanzo's death was not merely a clever clever trick engineered by the cultists along with the Federalists to give their leader time to make his getaway.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: It's, It's quoted eventually updated that it was reassured that one of the detectives reassured people that his death was no ruse, mm. but that's where it ended. They didn't
0: do fingerprints or anything? It, there was
1: no update stating that fingerprints or dental records confirmed oh, it was his goodness.
0: body. Oh, goodness. Okay.
1: Like, fucked uh,
0: oh my gosh! But there's never been any like sort of action in the same not same that I've manner. Seen. Okay, and
1: if there was, I would imagine it would have been more of like unfortunately the prostitutes, the drug addicts, the homeless mm. population. Because up until Mark, mm. up until it was an American white man, they didn't fucking do anything. Wow. There were 15 people that were dismembered, murdered, tortured and it wasn't until mark until they fucking did anything that's so like, terrible like corrupt police forces yeah. and fucking it's discrimination
0: it's yeah. infuriating it's so wow. sad wow
1: so sorry wow. for that doozy Oof.
0: well it's not going to get much better unfortunately to the
1: 15 people and and the turtle
0: and the goats and lions cubs and zebras all of and all oh, the sacrifices God. that they made it's is so like the taking of a life is yeah one thing that I forgot to talk about before I get into my story yes. is the release of Leslie Van Houten. Houten oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, at fifty-three years old, that's. um, Can you remind me who that is? It's she was part of the Charles Manson. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Cult. Yeah, yeah. And she was released. Okay,
1: when did that happen? Like this month. Okay, because there's some fucked up shit all going on. Multiple people have been released, not from not from like the Manson cults, but from many like famous murders. Anyways, she continue.
0: yeah, she's released on bail. 53 what the fuck? after 53 years she was released on bail. Why? I don't know.
1: Ew. Our system makes no fucking Serving sense. Serving
0: 53 years for two murders. Oh, it's that's a whole other story, but yeah. Jesus Christ. Related to the cults. Great. Yeah. Love that they're
1: floating around. That's like the have you ever heard the case of Alyssa Turney? No. No. Okay, so I'll get into that next episode. Okay. I'll give you a little update
0: at the beginning. Okay, okay. You give us, give us your cult. Okay, so I am going to talk about a Canadian one, um, and this is the cult of the Ant Hill Kids. Okay, um, so this all starts with a man that goes by the name of Rock Theralt. Gross. I think I'm saying that right. It doesn't fucking matter. It really doesn't matter because exactly. he's a piece of shit. That's
1: why I honestly, I'm pretty sure I pronounced all of these things doesn't wrong. Matter. But I was like, I don't
0: give a fuck because you're matter. a dick. Except for the victims. Exactly. We did them right. Yes. He was born May 16th, 1947 and sang oh, This is... San? <laughs> Saguenay, Quebec. Okay. It's Quebec. They're in Quebec. I don't speak French. Mm, yeah. I was forced to learn up until like grade nine and then I quit. Perfect. So As a child. Actually very much same. Like, yeah, I think that was a pretty, like, standard yeah. Canadian kid experience. Our parents were like, you will be bilingual, and we were like, no, no." <laughs> Perfect. As a child, he was considered to be very intelligent, but dropped out of seventh grade oh. in order to teach himself the Old Testament of the Bible. Fuck. Seventh grade. Gross. Theriot believed that the end of the world was near, and that would be brought on by the war between good and evil.
1: Evil. Evil. I don't know why
0: I said <laughs> it like that. He began his conversion from Catholicism to the Seventh-day Adventist Church in 1977, where he started his practice on regular holistic beliefs of the Adventist Church, which encouraged a healthy lifestyle, free of unhealthy food, tobacco, drugs, and alcohol. Seems pretty harmless sure. at this point. Exactly. Don't get too excited. Until you get extreme. Mm-hmm. As with most or all cult leaders, Thrault was a charismatic man, which ultimately led to the ability to persuade others to do his bidding. In the mid '70s, he convinced a group of people to leave their jobs and homes to join him in a religious movement. This led to the forming of the Ant Hill Kids cult in 1977 in Saint Marie, Quebec. Mm. Okay. Theralt was no longer considered rock as he thought the name Moses suited him better. <laughs> the goal of you, the- <laughs> like, I know. What it do? I know. The goal of the Ant Hill Kids was to form a commune where people could freely listen to his motivational speeches live in unity and equality, and be free of sin.
1: Freely listen to his
0: speeches. No one mm. wants to hear what you have to say, dick. The group was prohibited from remaining in contact with their families and with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And he believed that this, or sorry, as he believed this was against the values of freedom he was trying to instill with the commune. Freedom! You can't talk to anyone Literally. but me! And you can't do A, B, C, D, E, F, mm-hmm. G. Perfect. I did read somewhere that the church actually kicked the group out as their behavior was disturbing and disruptive. Well yeah so at this point like, they're they're no longer a part of okay. the're this no church no. which should be a red flag in itself. Yeah. As time went on, rules for followers became stricter and stricter up until members of the ant Hill kids were restricted from speaking to each other without Thoreau present. The fear of the end of the world was growing as Thoreau claimed God had warned him that it would come in February of 1979. In preparation, the commune was moved by hiking a mountainside he called, quote, Eternal Mountain in St. Joes, Quebec. Again, probably butchered that. Joes. Where he claimed they would all be saved. Sure. On this mountainside is where the commune Built their town where Thoreau relaxed and watched. Of course he did. And compared his group to ants working in an anthill.
1: Isn't it more, mostly just like misogynistic ass faces Pretty ...who much. start these cults because
0: they're like, I want women to just like mm-hmm. do everything for me? Yep. Ultimately, in 1979, when the apocalypse didn't come. No Spoiler way. alert! No fucking it way! Didn't. Yeah. People started to question Thoreau's wisdom, oh, causing him God. to defend himself by saying that. The time on Earth and the time in God's world Ew. is not the same. So okay. there was a miscalculation. Oh,
1: so the calendar was wrong.
0: Well, the realms are different mm. timing. So How convenient. It, the apocalypse is just not now, but it is probably a different time. It might be it might mm. be soon. It might be soon. But it, then it might be it might be later. It 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 It, it we, might be tomorrow. Oh yep. yeah. You know, take me at this point. Mm. Now, I should mention that it's said that Thoralt had a severe drinking problem, which, you remember, see. I said he, you you're not drink. supposed to drink. Yeah. Um, mm, you but nobody, the fought, hail. Yeah, nobody fought him on it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because it's, he's Moses. He, oh, he is Moses. Mm. It's reported that Thoralt would spy on his followers when they seemed not devoted enough. If they wanted to leave, he would become angry, hitting them with belts or hammers. What? what? Suspending them from the ceiling. Defecating on them. Ew. Or plucking each and every hair out of their body individually. Oh my god. Okay, that would take so much. A sadist. To ensure that the members were fully devoted to the cause, he married and impregnated all of the women. Ew. Meaning he had 20 to 30 children with nine female members of the group. Uh, Nobody wants your dick. And that was most likely 100% non consensual. That's disgusting. I mean, like, okay, let's back up for a second. I'm pretty sure if you're not
1: allowed to have alcohol, drugs, or good fucking time, I don't think you're supposed to rape 30 women either. I don't think so either. Or engage in sexual activity, consensual or not. No. Gross.
0: By this time, the 1980s, there was nearly 40 members of the Ant Hill Kids cult. He would later abuse his children and the welfare authorities would come and take all of the children away. Yeah. I'm gonna get into some disgusting things that oh, he did, great, like great. absolutely than, okay, vile great. things that he did. So if you don't want to hear that, like please just skip Check through. I'm gonna make TJ listen to me, but great. can't wait. You have the ability to skip. Um, I've left out all of the acts committed on children because mm. reading them personally was disgusting. Yeah, it's so like children
1: and animals. I left
0: them out. So skip ahead, this is your last warning. When Thoralt became angry, he would take on the role of a surgeon as he believed he was a holy being.
1: I fucking hate this guy. He's
0: disgusting. Like, Until you... I show you a photo Ew. of him. The patient would be held down, fully conscious by other members, and he would go to work on them with available kitchen oh, utensils, my fucking pliers, God. or a blowtorch. Oh my God. He forced members to break their own legs with sledgehammers, shoot each other in the shoulders, eat their own and others' feces, insects, and rats. I can't. One extremely evil punishment he completed of a follower by the name of Solange Collard complained of pain in her abdomen. He forced her to undress, laid her on the kitchen table, punched her in the stomach. What the fuck? Performed an enema with olive oil and molasses cut her stomach open. What the fuck? Ripped out parts of her intestines and forced another member by the name of Gabrielle Lavelle to stitch her up. Holy shit. He then shoved a tube down her throat and forced another member to blow air into it. What? Why? Like to try to like revive her? Yes. What the fuck? Not surprisingly though, (laughs) she died the next day. Oh, that's horrendous way to die. There's a catch. Oh. Thoralt, as a prophet of Moses, had the powers of resurrection. Oh. Oh, you don't say. This consisted of well that drilling a hole Holy in the head of the Christ. deceased and having every male member, including him, ejaculate into what it. What the fuck? I told you it was bad. I literally, how do you come up
1: with this shit?
0: I don't know. Honest
1: to God, though, how do you come up with he this is, shit?
0: A disgusting and vile human being. Legitimately,
1: these both have to be movies.
0: (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Um, Ew. I know. Also, like... So one woman that we know of has died at the hands of him. Oh my god. And two children died at the hands of him as well. God. All of this being said, it took that near-death experience from Gabrielle Lavelle in the night er, sorry in the late 80s for thorold to be convicted of his crime so gabrielle Jeez. is the one that stitched up the woman that yeah. died lavelle suffered from welding torch burns to her genitals oh. a hypodermic needle breaking off in oh. her back and eight of her teeth forcibly removed i am like gonna pass out <laughs> it's disgusting she attempted to dis To escape from the commune after Thuralt cut off parts of her breast. What the fuck? And smashed her head in with the blunt side of an axe. What the fuck? What was his reasoning for doing-
1: Like, what was his justification?
0: Mm, She probably said she wanted to leave. Like- She probably said she wasn't, like, believing him anymore. I don't even have
1: words. I'm shook.
0: Upon her return from the attempted escape, he removed one of her fingers with wire cutters, pinned her hand to a wooden table with a hunting knife, and used a cleaver to amputate her arm.
1: That's when you're just, like, begging to just die. Lavelle
0: successfully fled the commune in 1989 and contacted the authorities. Holy shit.
1: After Good for her for getting away and,
0: like, continuing to fight. And try and get away from this disgusting human being. Therault was arrested for assault in eighty nine, effectively dissolving the assault. kids. Assault. 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 On the woman that he amputated her arm Are you and fucking ripped her teeth out and took her me. breast off and assault. Assault.
1: Okay. And beat her in the head with a back with mm-hmm. an ax
0: mm-hmm. Okay. I saw that the provincial authorities had long held suspicions about the cult due to particularly primitive living conditions. But because they were registered as a church they Get. were not legally oh. able to investigate. Disgusting. Isn't that fucked what the up? the fuck Canada.
1: Like, Isn't that honest to God. Fucked
0: up. <sighs> Let's take a breath.
1: Yeah. Take five.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> a shot at tequila. He was found guilty of assault for the amputation of Lavelle's arm and received a sentence of 12 years. No fucking way mm-hmm.
1: i don't understand that how do you not look at that though and go that's super
0: sadistic how do you like yeah you, that's not that's not assault that's not assault you abuse this woman and you attempted to murder her. And also, I feel like the
1: methods behind which people, like, use to murder people should also be considered. Absolutely. Because there's a difference between, like, I punched you in the face or, like, I chopped you in the back of the head with an axe and then... Pulled your teeth pulled out. Pulled your teeth out and... Cut then, your arm off. Yeah, did a all of that. Like, I feel like they should carry
0: different sentences. Mm, I, think, I think so. Oh, my God. Most of the cult abandoned throughout once he was arrested, but... He did father four more children. What? While in jail with the remaining members of the cult. Key, did no one else from the cult get arrested? No. He was the one that was Yeah, but they sat back and did nothing. You would think that'd be accomplices to murder. Well, he all of the things that he did to people were because they tried to get away. Lavelle's report allowed further investigation into Thoreau's actions, exposing the larger amount of abuse performed at the commune, along with the murder of Solange Bouillard. In 1993, Thoreau pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Thank fuck. He applied for parole in 2002, Ew. however, he was rejected and Go never applied you again. Dick.
1: You just hope someone chops his dick off
0: in prison and then like shoves it down his throat. This disgusting piece of shit died February 26, 2011, at the age of 62. I hope it was painful. His cellmate stabbed him in the neck with a shiv. Good. Then he brought the weapon to the guard, stating, quote, That piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the nice (gasps) knife. I've sliced him up. That guy should get released from prison. I mean, I
1: would totally be like, you should probably be watched, but I'd release your ass from prison. Good job. His
0: cellmate did plead guilty for the murder he was already in there for murder so okay so he's like i'm gonna be in here he was on a life sentence and this murder added a second life sentence i mean if you're
1: gonna be in there for good i mean i'd be like take one for the team man he did he
0: knew what he did good and he murdered did it did everyone a goddamn favor yeah a goddamn that one was really fucked up and i'm really sorry it was so graphic But, like, we need to know that these things happened in Canada. What year was that? As well. It started in the late 70s. God, the 70s and 80s were wild. They were really wild. Like, that's insane. Well, like, think about all of the big serial killer cases. Yeah. A lot of them are in the 70s and 80s. Yes. Because it was like at a time where, like, technology was starting to advance. And yeah. we were starting to learn more about like mental illnesses and the brains yep. of serial killers, and yeah, it's just it's insane and sad. Oh, it's so that these people went I, through yeah. this with. Ugh. Have you hate seen him. the movie
1: with Emma Watson? The movie's called Colonia. It's essentially about how she gets sucked into. I think they called it like a like a prisoner camp or whatever but it's definitely a cult mm-hmm. and she goes there to try to like she essentially gets herself trapped in it because she's trying to rescue her boyfriend who was kidnapped and put in it. Okay. But then it's all about like what's happening within this cult and then her and him trying to escape. It's so fucked up though and it's based off a true story. That's you have so to watch crazy. it. It's based off a true story. You just sit in here making oh shit up. Oh my
0: god. What? anyways
1: it's so good you gotta watch it it's okay. great it's one of my favorite movies of all time
0: okay oh is
1: a movie a true story a true to life account of yes
0: okay it is you there... can watch it on youtube okay i don't know there is a documentary coming out about Ooh. the Duggers. You... oh my that? god on and off mostly because i
1: watched them closer to the beginning and i was like oh I'm fucked up but now that i know everything that's gone down it's like it's
0: crazy yeah yeah it's insane that was 17 kids and counting was the tlc show yeah yeah
1: and then you've got um like i feel like all of those get a little odd like even um Whatever, and
0: Kate Plus 8. Oh, John and Kate Plus 8. They also were fucked up. Yeah, they weren't religious though, no, were they? I don't think the so. The Duggars were, were yes. very religious. And
1: yeah, there's been a lot of stuff come out about some of the boys. There's mm. been, we should talk
0: about I that. know. I'm like, I could talk about cults oh, for so long.
1: We need to do a cult part two because I yes. have a list now.
0: Absolutely. I, I will make do sure they're not a movies. cult part two and three and four yes. and five. Please let us know if you like the cults. If you don't, we're still going to do them. You can just skip over Yeah, them. and give us ideas for Sunday Scaries. Do it. We have our list, but we like suggestions. Yeah. Whenever. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Remember, all good stories start with a girl's night. But not everyone makes it to a cult. <laughs> or gets out. <laughs>